Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're discussing a two-parter for The Resistance, Season 2, Episode 15, titled The New World, and Season 2, Episode 16, titled No Place Safe. So it's kind of a special uh, dual episode release, because they're obviously very closely tied together. Um, so no announcements for today. Uh, William, you want to give us the rundown for the first episode? Sure, Stephen. They're going to be reviewing Resistance Season 2, Episode 15, The New World. It was directed by Stuart Lee and written by Jennifer Corbett. In this episode, Doza takes the Colossus to a hidden world on the Outer Rim, only to find it's inhabited by a race of beings who don't like them for a very good reason. So we get introduced to a brand new planet uh, in this episode, the planet of Eos Prime, which apparently is the new home of the Colossus, just like that. They have a new planet. Um, okay. You got to admit, the design of the planet was really cool. It's a fantastic looking planet. Like, yeah. I loved the little islands, the just the coral. It just, the detail was very nice. It was very different from the, uh, from Castellan. You know, obviously it still right. has a lot of water, but it still feels unique. It also felt like they were almost going to, to a quote unquote new home that yeah. had a lot of water around it, but there was more land, which I think to them was more beneficial because there was more land. But I, I thought it was, I thought it was fitting. Yeah. It had cool for, for coral structures and uh, an inter- interesting new species there. So it wasn't quite as just ocean as Castellan. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's cool. It's a, it's a neat planet. I like the, uh, I love the, the visuals of it. Um, we find out later it's home to a rebel outpost with a really cool rebel base in there um you know apparently the the first order has been like checking methodically for resistance bases all over and mm-hmm. they did find this one as well but you know it had those those influences like the 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 rebel base on hoth or gaven it was really mm-hmm. cool the one and, thing and i thought was a little sorry uh, let's just something about the planet tom go ahead the one thing i thought was well, a little odd was just the fact that uh it seemed very sudden like the whole season, they've just been like, "Yep, we're gonna go get supplies." Well, <clears throat> I guess e- even more backing up a little more than that. Just, I, I, it seemed like at the end of season two, they took off. The first doors after them, they're gonna meet up with the resistance, right? They're heading to Dakar. They get to Dakar, and it's gone. They don't. The resist- resistance is not there. And so, what do they do? They decide, well, let's let's be on the run. We have to avoid the first order. We have to um, get supplies, repair the Colossus, all this stuff. But then I feel like along the way, maybe it was me or I missed something, but along the way it seemed like they went from we're trying to survive and find the resistance to, mm-hmm. yeah, this is just how we live. We're just traveling. We're hoping to avoid their first order. But, you know, we're not really it, part of the resistance. So we don't really want to help them. Okay, but it, I, I would... I. I I would say from the standpoint of Doza, okay, you've got all these people you're you're responsible for. You have to sit here and say, are we going to do the resistance or am I going to do what's going to be best for the people that are under my my charge? You find this planet 
that had fresh water, an aquifer, fresh food, you know, and, and basically in an unknown region that at their point was so far off the map, they wouldn't, the first order wouldn't go looking for them. So wouldn't you try to at least give some kind of, let's say, respite to everybody on the platform and just settle down for a bit, take like a month or two, like the Mandalorian did. He wanted to take like a month or two to just like get away from it all. That's true. Uh, Same thing here. Steven. It's a little bit more than that though. I think it's, and this actually in some ways ties in very well to what we see in episode nine and last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not just that they're taking a break. It's, it's kind of, they default to the point of, nah, we're just, we're not going to be part of the fight anymore. Mm -hmm. We'll find Mm -hmm. a planet. We'll settle down. Um, and you know, throughout this episode is Kaz starting to realize as he talks with Griff, um, that no, he still thinks there's something to fight for. And he still, not just that there's something to fight for, but he feels that he has to, he can't not, uh, actively strive for it. And it, we'll get to Griff and Kaz's stuff in a moment, but it's, uh, seeing Doza and even Yeager, I think to some degree kind of reach a point where they're, they're okay. Just not being part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. They're kind of giving um, up. Yeah. It's, it's that, ep- uh, that not depression, but like the, uh, the hopelessness that you see in episode nine, it's Poe, you know, wondering, are there, is there anyone else out there who's going to come to my defense? Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a great example. Yeah. It's basically yeah. the acceptance that that's it. There's nothing else to fight for. So let's just, yeah, yeah, I wish we'd seen a bit more of that from Doza and Yeager's point of view. Like, man, I would love to help the resistance, but we have this this station that just needs they you know that we need to our, our priority needs to be helping them first or something. So we're just gonna settle down. I feel like a little bit of exposition probably would have cleared it up. It just felt kind of sudden to like land on this planet and be, and be like, oh, by the way, ta-da, it's our new home. And Kaz mm-hmm. didn't even know until they opened the doors and announced over the loudspeaker, like, hey, guess what, guys you're home you know seemed a little yeah. sudden but i i get what you're you guys do make an excellent point about how probably off screen doza and you came to the realization that maybe it's time to stop and or that the that it's hopeless and that they keep mm-hmm. yeah. going on and it, it does kind of put us in a good place for this uh you know but i was gonna say this episode but it's really the next two episodes You know, like this episode is very focused on they land on the planet and now, you know, the aces are sent out in teams to help figure out, is this world actually safe? Doza's almost very sure that it is. Yeager is being a little bit more uh, cautious of, yeah, let's scout around first before we assume that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And this episode, you know, the new world really focuses on is the world actually safe or not? And sets up the pieces that I think make the next episode excellent in starting to see where different people come in. And as mm. I mentioned, like the thing I, have we had a, a Griff centric episode? No. Far in resistance. It, it, no, we are this, this actually end was of the, the first second one. season, four episodes from the end of the entire series or three, if you don't count, you know, the, um, the, the two part at the end. And like, you know, this is, and then we finally, finally get some Griff backstory. And I love the dynamic between Griff and Cap, he, both the way he like, yeah. he, he's kind of, gruff and he's kind of the old gruff? guy he is yeah uh does he grill when he's gruff <laughs> oh god yeah, steven uh, sorry that's um, okay. okay dr seuss over here um uh, not enough <laughs> but no I, I love the dynamic it, you know steven i know you're you were no i was gonna say griff like after this episode griff might be my favorite ace 
Like I still want to get his Lego set. That's one of the coolest ships I've seen. Yeah, we knew yeah, nothing like, about him before. Hearing him talk about his time with the Empire, you know, the moment where he realized that it's not worth fighting for them, you know, it just mm-hmm. it made for a really great uh, kind of conversation between him and Kaz. Yeah. And I appreciated his no-nonsense approach to basically everything that happens throughout this. Like, at no point after they're captured does Griff ever feel like he's been, uh, you know, disturbed. Oh, he's yeah. on top of it the entire time. <laughs> he's got some great one-liners, just kind of, you know, knocking Kaz, too. Very, you know, kind of politely, but also, like, come on, Kaz. Like, you're this kid who's just goofing off. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, uh, so, some of my favorites were, like, see... Told you those high high pitched screams were his R five, mm-hmm. <laughs> or well, I, you know the, the one, I, huh? The, the the one that I really like is, I think she's the one in charge. Oh, you're quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Grip has some great lines, or even you know, R five votes you could eat in first. I'm with that. You know, it's yeah, just, it's so good. <laughs> he he is great, and I love that we finally get his backstory. As you mentioned, Stephen, we learned that. It was Doza himself who convinced Griff to defect from the Empire, and then it wasn't worth supporting. And he eventually realized, oh yeah, these this Empire they're they're not that great, and they they also fell. So it's a good thing I, I got out. You know, he's not he's not really idealistic. He's he's just more you know, I guess he's in, he happened to be in the right place he's at the practical. right time. He's practical, right. very practical, a little gruff. You know, yeah. And I think it's 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 telling that I guess in, in an early draft of the episode, he was even going to tell Kaz that even he and his droid R five had barely spoken in years, and it's the best relationship he's had. So he's a man of few words, uh, which is why it was so nice to finally dive a little bit more into his hit the dynamic between him and and Kaz in this in this episode. Uh, absolutely. Uh, what do you guys think of the? Sorry, I'm, is it the Aeosians? Oceans? Aeosian, yeah, the Aeosians. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't I quite loved, remember how it's pronounced. I love the design, and the one thing that surprised me, I was not aware until I just read the show notes. Lucy Lawless was the voice of the Queen. She was. Yeah. That. That's great. You know, I so I couldn't place her voice. I thought she might have been the same person who played Asajj Ventress in Clone Wars. Because mm, it, it had a li- the same kind of intonation a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why I was yeah, surprised to see the name. That's an awesome uh, awesome role. Yeah. 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 And they're, they're very interesting people, right? They got these uh, cool villages, very unique, um, where they're like scattered with the remains of the First Order Stormtrooper helmets. So they start to kind of build the tension. Before we even see the Asians, we see the ruined First Order Stormtrooper helmets. Um, and then when we finally meet the Asians, they are not very welcoming at all. And they've got a really cool design, like fish-like with crustacean armor and spears. And um, The spears were really cool. Mm-hmm. And if you look carefully, the gold armor and weapons yeah. kind of tie into the... the their world which has like veins of gold running through the tunnels and it's it's really well done the the designer uh lead, lead um concept artist for the series Amy Beth Christensen talked about how they're actually based on one of the first alien designs she ever created for Star Wars the Soul Sixa from the planet Maramir in Star Wars Jedi Starfighter the the old video game oh very yeah. cool yeah a little, little cool stuff I, I I really like the 
I really like the Asians a lot. Yeah. Oh. And so, and, of course, you know, the Colossus arrives at the planet, and as soon as the Asians realize that uh, a triangle ship has arrived, <laughs> uh, they assume it's the First Order having returned, and the mm-hmm. the wa- the war is that the right word begins. You know, they drop off some troops on the Colossus. Yeah. Uh, Niku's diplomacy doesn't really. Uh... <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. Niku's yeah. a special person. Let's just leave it at that. Okay, so like Niku's diplomacy, he's trying to be nice, doesn't really work too well, and then his battle droids show up. And we talked about in the last episode. We hope the battle droids are used, and they are used here. But Briefly. This is where, like, Briefly. But what the heck? I thought Niku was supposed to be in charge of the 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 B one, and then he was supposed to command all the other super battle but droids. It sounded like. The B one was now the head of security. Yeah, and I don't remember who was head of security before. They didn't really wasn't it have like forty M one N kind of controlled the other droids. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It was the one on the bridge. But like, I'm fine with them being security droids. That makes sense. But like, yeah, why don't they follow Niku's orders when he tells them stand down, right? Because they start to kind of escalate the conflict with the Asians on the Colossus. Well, maybe it was because there was weapons drawn, and that's why the battle droids reacted. But they don't listen to Niku. Like he programmed them. He, why are they all of a sudden not obeying orders? That's well, the thing maybe that that's the one thing Niku forgot to program into it. it. It's it was maybe a one two time thing. I don't know. Good question though. Maybe, but it, I mean, it forces the the residents to find back, and it was just kind of that was the one thing that. Bo- Otherwise, I thought it was a really good episode. The one thing that bothered me was that Niku was supposedly their their leader. He controlled B1. B1 controlled all the super battle droids, and yet B1 wouldn't listen to him. It was a little... Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little odd. But I did like how, you know, as you said, the fact that the Colossus is triangle-shaped. And Griff, former TIE pilot, has a lot of, you know, um, Imperial armor. And the uh, the Eosians see this. And they, they see the armor. They see the shape of the ship. And they're like... Your first order. You're the ones who came here, looking for the rebel, for the resistance in a former rebel base. You guys are bad, and that's why they they actually start the fight. It's all a big misunderstanding, but they they use Griff's backstory and the design of the Colossus in such a perfect way to kind of play up this conflict. Yeah, it set up a really yeah. good story. Yeah, yeah, and the majority of the episode happens with. Between the Asian Queen, Griff, and Kaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do kind of like that the turning point is Kaz makes a big effort to escape, but he uses it to go and heal some of the Aeosians who were uh, have been hurt previously. And that's the moment that, uh, you know, it turns around and the mm-hmm. Aeosians uh, Queen decides to help out from here on out, or at least give them, let listen to them. Right, because she refused to believe him that they were here in peace at first. Uh, I also liked how like she she threatened to feed them to the Krakavora, and um, and you know we see then Kaz try to escape and uh, and heal the guy who recovered awfully fast, but that's okay. 
we've seen fast recoveries in other parts of Star Wars, like the Mandalorian. Suspension of disbelief. You got to run with it. Yeah, right. That's fine. You never know yeah, what fine. it was, what was afflicting him. Exactly. Um, and, and on top of that, the body chemistry of this, of this species compared to the medicine that was put in there, you know, super fast healing. Exactly. Might work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I liked how, you know, they were threatening to send him to the crack of Vora and, and, and then the next shot is she still says, you know, let's go to the crack of Vora, but instead of not feeding him to the crack of Vora, they use the crack of war to fly to the Colossus where they make peace uh, with, by with the way, you. how did uh CB 23 stay on the crack of aura? Uh, Very carefully. I don't know. That's a good question. This, so you see like Griff do a, uh, a nice smooth combat roll as they land on the Colossus. Kaz as Kaz uh, stumbles and falls. And then you see CB 23 dropping them. It's like, how did CB 23 hold on? I guess he's got the like, uh, what do you call it? The ropes and things. Yeah, so that's probably it. Yeah, probably it. Latched on. Just latched on. But well, yeah, they they end up making a brokering a peace pretty easily at that point. Once they realize that these guys are good, they they offer medical supplies and and food in exchange for being able to stay. And the uh, the Asian queen decides that Kaz and the crew are are kind and helpful, just like the ones who were on her planet before the rebels and. Yeah, and it, as one last little detail that I really appreciate, the episode ends, you know, as you said, with them giving the medical supplies, and I love the shot of Kaz barely being able to carry this medical crate uh, over to the Aeosians, and he hands it off, and he's like almost falls over from this heavy object, and the guy picks it up and carries it off with one hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so great. Nice little background thing. Little little details like that are always really nice, um, and. Uh, you know, Doza clearly wants to live here, but we get a, a kind of a nice foreshadowing toward to the end of the series when Kaz says he knows the war will eventually find them. Uh, kind of foreshadowing that there's not much time left, and the show is called Resistance after all, so it's it's not you know refueling station on a random ocean planet. That's just the series. So at some point they will have to get caught up in the rest of the war. Yeah. Cool. Fun fact, though, uh, before we get to our, our review, um, you know, last in our last episode, we were talking about, like, sh- would the pirates ever return? This is the last we've seen them. Well, originally, uh, in an early draft of the script, it was going to be the pirates who would come back at the beginning of the episode rather than a, uh, a First Order uh, attack. Um, the pirates are going to return to uh, the Colossus, but apparently they cut that out in later drafts so who knows maybe that that means that pirates are still in the back of their minds at some point uh, i'm kind of glad they didn't though because i feel like it would have cheapened the pirates just a bit yeah so nice. totally agree yeah all right tom you want to lead off the ratings yeah um i'm gonna give this one a seven it was a solid episode um you know We'll see what happens going into the next episode because it is a two-parter, but I give the first half of this a seven. I am going to take my seven Womp Rats and see the the one thing that's fascinating is when the seven Womp Rats get on this planet, um, they kind of got into the wrong kind of spot and uh, they were a little bit too close to the beach and I think the um, Kukumora kind of was hungry. Krakamora. Krakamora, yeah. Kukumara, Kakamara, and just that the, the the, the, they're all the same, but the, the, the little beastie kind of had a little bit of lunch, like seven little 
appetizers. So it was a cool creature, yeah. by the way, the Kraken Four. We didn't talk about it. Was. Yeah. It was. I, I really did love the designs of these aliens. I thought they were really cool. And also it was kind of cool to go there and see like the remains of the rebel base. So you knew there was something in there that would have drawn the first order back or at least have drawn or possibly left something behind to keep an eye on the planet. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, my seven want brats, they were, you know, fish food. Very well. William, yeah. William want to go next? Sure, I, I uh, like you. I think we have the uh, seven Womp Rats. I loved getting Griff's backstory. Um, he's one of the one of the aces. Really, even most of the aces, we still don't really know. We don't know Bo that well, Bo Keevil. We don't really know Freya Fenris that well. Um, we've gotten a little bit of that, more of them than Griff. Griff was always the the one in the background the most. Um, yeah, but getting to see his backstory, especially because he he had this shared backstory with with Doza and and the Empire. It's great. And the way they tied that in to this episode, making them even more, um, you know, making it the reason why the Asians don't trust them. It was just, it was really cool. I thought it was uh, well done. Um, the Asian conflict itself was pretty easy, easily resolved. And the battle droids, uh, I don't know why they weren't following orders, but hey, I, I, I'm willing to, to overlook that. So I'll give it seven uh, out of 10 and my seven womp rats. Well, y- you'll notice that this is a big planet, but they only sent out, um, uh, Kaz and Griff to one sector, Tora and hype to another sector. And that's it. Like, are there other sectors being covered? Like, this is a big planet. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they're not just covering a hemisphere each. And so what they actually mm-hmm. did is they, they sent seven womp rats to cover, cover the other sectors of the planet of Aosia prime, Aos prime, just to make sure that, Everything was safe. Very nice. I guess that means it's my turn, huh? It is indeed. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I'll just... Uh, I, w- I want to say 7, but I'm actually going to go with a 7.5. Uh, much of the episode is kind of usual fare for resistance. You know, ah, Kaz is clumsy and stumbles into problems and manages to make it out. Uh, I really do think Griff elevated this episode and has made it a really enjoyable part. And just, I'm so glad we finally got to see the background for his character. Um, I really wished that uh, this had happened earlier so that we could get even more Griff. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Um, so I'll give it a 7 out of 10, or sorry, 7.5 out of 10 Womp Rats. And, uh, you know, one of the things that really drew the Colossus's attention to Aosia was not just the water, the food, uh, but Aosia also has a plentiful supply of womp rats. Uh, you know, very essential for the Colossus to be able to stick around you and mean the food, you know, right? survive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, food or for fun and games, you know, take a Womp take rats a are very fun. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10. Nice. Tom, what are we, what's, what's next on our list? So the next episode we're going to review is Resistance Season 2, Episode 16, No Safe Place, directed by Brad Rao and written by Gavin Hynight. Now, in this one, it's the second half of the two-parter. This is when Kaz decides to join up with Poe in the Resistance. Things go awry when he discovers the First Order has located the Colossus. Now, as we saw in the past episode, the Colossus thought that they were on a very, very safe planet, but it appears their luck is about ready to change in this one. So, yeah, so the episode kind of picks up right where the previous one left off. Doza is kind of giving the Aosian queen a tour. 
Uh, we get a funny uh, sequence where she discovers Gorgs for the first time. Um, a very humorous interaction, I thought. And, especially and with Greville, uh, Greville if... being presumed to be a larger Gorg, which, you know, maybe he is. And, and Greville wonders, like, if you're a fish, do you, do you eat fish? You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very important question. Yes. Yeah, very, very yes. important question. Um, so what did you think in this episode that Kaz is deciding to return back to the fight? Uh, I think it's the culmination of the previous episode. Kaz has okay. realized that he can't sit out from it. It's I'd actually say it's probably one of the bigger pieces of character development he gets all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like he's he's sticking around. He's decided he's going to leave the Colossus, his friends, you know, effectively his family at this point. And right. He's going to go do what he thinks has to be done. True. But what I find fascinating is he's going to take the fireball back with him. I mean, I understand he needs a ship. I mean, but the fireball, the ship, while the fireball was a piece of junk, uh, it's right. kind of it, they really have kind of moved away from that plot point. Uh, no, that is very it, true. It still falls that, apart that occasionally, but it's it's more like the Falcon, where it's you know it 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 it's, it's, it makes it's it look like ship. much kid, but it's got it where it's count. Yeah, it and counts. like you know it, it works. Yeah. It does it does the job, and so it, it's kind of a a nice moment where Yeager gives Kaz the fireball, uh, and Kaz goes and kind of says goodbye to everyone. Yeah, you know he. He knows that, you know, while his, you know, as you said, he needs to get involved and he needs to fight. And we see Niku, like, beside himself with grief, wailing. (laughs) Uh, Maybe a little on the overdramatic side. Yeah, but but you have to admit, it was kind of nice to see that little touch of Kaz giving him his most prized possession, that racing trophy. Yeah. I mean, was that his best friend? It was. was Okay, I was like... I feel like I've seen this before, but it's been yeah. so long. I I wasn't hundred percent. Well, didn't Kaz use that to hold open a door at he one did. point? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's right. Exactly. Yeah. So it was nice to see that come back, and also that was something that had meaning to Kaz to give over to Niku. So that that worked out very well. Right, and to see Kaz call Niku his you know his best friend uh, was was nice. You know, after all this this time, Niku obviously thought Kaz was his best friend, but it wasn't necessarily. Uh, recipro- reciprocated until until now. Um, we also see kind of Tor- Tora and Yeager being very sad about them leaving. You know, Tora understands, but she's certainly disappointed that he's leaving the Aces, and Yeager's mm-hmm. kind of sad to see his mentee leave. Yeah. Uh, so it's so really what did nice. you guys... It's really nice. Yeah. So what did you guys think of the rendezvous point being near the planet Batu? Yeah, it was a nice little reference they snuck through. I guess snuck through is not the right word. But yeah, the, it's interesting because we know this is from the Resistance, some of the Resistance novels, that there is a cell on Batu, right? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's near Batu because that's if he arrived at the rendezvous, would he just then go to Batu and join that Resistance cell? I, I suspect or not, it's probably not active on Batu at this point. Um, but we also don't know, like, are we, pa- how far into Rise of Skywalker are we at this point? Are we, are we even at Rise of Skywalker? It's not clear. No, that's very uh, true. So I don't think we're at Rise of Skywalker yet. So it's very possible they, they have a, an active, they still have that active base on Batu. Um, unfortunately, we actually, we actually never get to see it because even though he's supposed <laughs> to beat Norath at Batu, uh, and again, you know, Norath from just a few episodes ago pops back in again. Uh, even though he's supposed to meet Norathamba 2, 
he never ends up making it there thanks to a giant, giant First Order probe droid that arrives and catches him as they try to as he starts to fly away from it. AOS Prime. It was a really cool design for that probe yeah. droid. It was really cool to see that it's like you had the one big probe droid and then the smaller probe droids that came out. It's almost like a mother-child thing. Really, really cool. Yeah, with and like, the, the little missile launcher that pops out. Oh, yeah, that was really cool, too. This is not your father's probe droid. I'll, I'll tell you that. Like, this is <sighs> scary. Uh, and it, it puts up a big fight. You know, Kaz, it's all Kaz can do to to avoid this this probe droid. In fact, he's... He he does manage to do this nice trick. I appreciated how he used the homing uh, missiles on the on the probe droid to kind of like follow the fireball and then just barely fly past the probe droid, causing the missiles to impact the probe droid instead of his own ship. But in the process, like the fireball is is nearly destroyed. And I loved the mm-hmm. just the way they shot those. You know, as the fireball is kind of sparking and coasting off, was just I thought very well done. Yeah. And watching uh, Kaz try and figure out how to fix it as well was pretty entertaining, particularly yeah. when he uh, goes and finds his best Yeager impression. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what would Yeager do? Um, but no, it was nice. You know, he, he's able to re, um, he's able to re, you know repair the ship uh, just enough so they can get out. He, he jumpstarts CB twenty three and then sends her to go repair the rest of the ship and restore power to the thrusters. And it's a uh, it's pretty cool. And it, almost, actually the music with SCB 23 is repairing the ship. Sounds almost back to the future esque. you know, the do 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 the mysterious piano music. Um, the one thing that was kind of annoying is that we're now down to three episodes left in the entire series. Mm-hmm. There's this one, there's the next episode, and then there's the two part finale where there's like three, three, three episodes left and they have still not, met up with the resistance and the whole name of the show is resistance but even this season like season one he was a spy a resistance spy on a on a refueling platform okay right so he's a spy season two originally they were supposed to catch up with the resistance but then they ended up just like it was more refueling ship stays ahead of the first order who's after them because they want the ship it's not really he's not really with the resistance he's not really doing a whole lot um you know and then he tries to go the resistance and then ends up having to turn back to go rescue his friends. And so I, I just wish for a show called resistance that we were getting more of the resistance and like the resistance missions and life in the resistance. I feel like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, very possible. We'll see it, that. In it the does last feel a little, little flat on that respect. Yeah. And it's very possible. We'll see that in the last two episodes, but for a show called resistance, I kind of wish we'd gotten more of it, you know, like, I don't know. It, I I do agree. I think this. I did. I'm glad Kaz made the decision to you know turn back and yes return to you know his the his family. Right. Um, well, also, also his ship was so banged up, he almost didn't have that much of a choice but to return. Yeah. And on top of that, he had to warn them because the first order was coming. Yeah. yeah. I, that shot of where Pyre is like ah, that picture could only be Kaz. Uh, Kazuto. Yep. Did make me laugh a little bit. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So, but, but very classic Kaz expression. It is. But, but Kaz, he returns to the Colossus to warn his friends. And they immediately uh, man the battle stations. Uh, Yeager gives Kaz his 
personal ship from the very beginning of the series. Remember this, the ship that was hidden in that secret room behind Yeager's office that we haven't really seen that much. And that was good to see again. Yeah. Yeah, That was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, And he actually loans bucket out as well. And we, we've hardly seen bucket in this series. It was nice to get um, a little more bucket as well. uh, Even if it wasn't a significant amount, I, I feel like bucket is kind of an underserved character, a droid on the show. So, um, we got a little more bucket and we get a pretty great uh, space battle as the aces defend the Colossus. From well, the, first the nice thing about the space battle is we got to see Tam and Jace come back. Jace Ruckin come back into this kind of fight. So now we get to see, we, we kind of get to see the, the story kind of move in Tam's perspective a little bit in this episode about how she's going to deal with an actual fight with the place she used to live with and a bunch of people she used to know and also live with. Yeah. And she seems pretty okay with it for the, at least the first part of the battle. Right. Uh, it's only when Kaz enacts his genius plan of sending five starfighters to attack an entire first order star destroyer that, mm-hmm. uh, her loyalty is really tested. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, then she notices that it's Jaeger's fighter. But the funny thing about it is it might be Jaeger's fighter, but I think she kind of figured out it was Kaz flying it. And did you pick up the hint of, oh, God, how do you say it? Uh, it's not frustration, but it's almost anger that every time she has to fly out there, she figures out it's Kaz and she's got to go after him. It's almost like a vendetta or it's almost like, you know, you did this to me and, and I'm going to get back at you. Yeah, but even I feel like this time she's much less angry at Kaz. Mm. And in fact, she hesitates. She gets a lock on a well, ship in this and, case, doesn't, yes. and doesn't take it. And right. the thing I found fascinating is she thinks she's going to be punished for it. But in the moment of hesitation, Kaz fires a missile and she does an excellent job and destroys the missile before it can hit the First Order bridge. So they're they're extremely mm. happy with her. Yeah. They promote her at the end of the episode. Second okay, squadron but, but commander. Yeah. And that's another thing when it comes to tyranny. Okay. Think about it this way. She's got to be, I mean, she is manipulating Tam. It, it, it's a little too easy to sit there and say, Oh, you saved us by destroying that missile. When in reality, wouldn't you think tyranny could have picked that up? There was the hesitation and not fire on that on, on the ship because there's somebody in there that she knew. I mean, cause it was pretty brutal in, in a couple episodes back that she saved uh, Jace at a certain point where it's like, you know, one for all and all for one, you know, I, I, yeah. I Tyr- tyranny's really, I think really playing her. Oh, for sure. She's, she's definitely playing her. And I think she knows even yeah. if she did hesitate every time she's getting closer and closer and closer to that line. And it's right. a matter of time. And she did save their lives, you know? Right. And so, you know, I, I love that moment because as you guys said, she, she she sees Kaz flying toward the bridge and she has this this thought like do I do I kill him do I not and she she's you can tell she's like not quite sure she she's annoyed that she has to go up against him she doesn't actually want to kill them necessarily but she'd rather just have the battle and have them not be involved um but she also is trying to do her duty and so she's torn between like, I don't want to hurt my friends. I don't want to come back to them, but I don't want to hurt them. And I also want to do my duty. And if they're in the way, right. what do I do? Uh, how do I, you know, how do I, how do I do the, the, the job? And eventually she ends up blowing up the, the, um, 
the the missile just before it hits the star destroyer's bridge and uh, really well really well shot like, mm. i thought they had they were they were dead and they, you could see the animation of like commander pyre and agent tyranny on the bridge like you know um like bracing they were not for confident yeah it was she literally got the last minute like any closer mm. and it would have destroyed the bridge and uh it was just it was really well done it kind of shows the <clears throat> hesitation i think that the tam subplot in this series is hands down the the best element of the show if we can't get mm-hmm. you know life in the resistance at least let's get you know the the what happens when someone else joins the first order and, and has to and, go up against her former and that's family. what i find fascinating because was it in this episode when kaz lands back on the platform and he's talking to jaeger and i think kaz makes the comment that he had a feeling she was out there, but he wouldn't know the ship. And it, it's kind of like, you know, would he have actually fired or would Kim have actually fired mm-hmm. up on them? And then I think the question was, what if I fire on a TIE fighter not knowing that's Tam inside? Yeah. And and it's almost mm-hmm. like a realization with Kaz. It's like, yeah, he's shooting down ties, but now he's come to the realization that one of those could accidentally he shoot down Tam. Right. And Jaeger's like, Jaeger's almost like, you know what? She's the one that turned the back on her back on us. So it's almost to the case. If that's the case, so be it. We got to turn our back on her. And if that's the case, oh, well, yeah, it's a very classic kind of Star Wars question of at what point do you stop hoping that someone can change? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's it's a great dynamic. It really is, and I, I I hope they pay it off in the the last two episodes of the of the series because it is like if they pay that off, I think the rest of the series, uh, you know, for all of its uh, pros and cons, I think it'll it'll be it'll be good. Um, you know, I wish we'd seen a little more of the resistance. Um, if they don't pay off the Tam subplot, and I think they will. I do think they will. And if they I don't, think they're going to have to. I mean, they they've left. They've left that they've left that plot out there hanging. There needs to be out of all of it. Sure, the resistance part you want to see them join the resistance. Sure, you know there's other things you want to see plot threads, you know, tied up. This one needs to be tied up. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, interestingly, Kaz suspects that it was Tam, but he actually thinks that she would have fired on him. What, what do you guys think of that? Uh, I. I think it speaks to how he's feeling. He like he yeah. he really does think that she's lost. Mm-hmm. Like there's no return. And At I think that's why that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why Jaeger sat there and said the comment. If the, you know, if that's the case, she turned her back on us. So be it. Uh, not, not just so be it. We may have to turn our back on her too. Right. That's what's like. Oh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That, the that, question. That hurts. Um. Also in the space battle, and I did enjoy the the space or atmo battle, atmosphere battle. Um, I, I did enjoy the you know the Aeosians ended up getting involved. They didn't just want to stay out of it as Yeager offered, but they wanted to help the Colossus escape. And they actually used their Krakavoras to jump on the ties and short them out with their special spears. And it's very much your classic Star Wars primitive versus advanced te- technology in a battle um and it's i'll be i'll be you know one in space right or, or atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, and so that was a nice you know pretty standard clone uh star wars uh clone wars i'm so excited 
for the for that to return. No, it's your standard Star Wars dynamic there. Yeah. And Steven, as a fan of ships, <clears throat> yes. this is the first time we've seen a first order tie bomber on screen. What did you think of them? I thought it was a neat design. I liked it. I was wondering if it was new. I hadn't couldn't remember having seen it before, but it was a neat design. I liked seeing it, you know, fire a couple bombs off here and there. I'm not, similar to the other kind of first order fighters. It's an evolution of the Empire's design, and mm-hmm. I liked it. I'd, I'd build a Lego of it. They were kind first of the bar, created right? for... Um, they were first created for this show. Uh, I could have sworn we'd seen them before, but I guess not. They were first created for this show, and then, but because of the production timelines, um, Star Wars uh, uh, Allegiance issue one was actually the first, um, the the first place the Tie Bombers appeared in Star Wars canon. But, um, but yeah, uh, it, it's cool to see them here, especially on screen for the first time. Cool. So, yeah, we have ratings. Let's uh, yeah, I think so. Let's do it, Stephen. Uh, I'm gonna give this an oh, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I think it was a Thanks. solid episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, I you know me, I'm a sucker for space battles, and not only did we get a you know a fighter battle, which is very standard for Resistance, but we actually got to see you know Star Destroyer and the Colossus kind of sort of fight it out. Um, so yeah, I'm all for it. I enjoyed it, and it really just as expected, you know, as it did last season, we're going into the final couple episodes and the resistance picks up the pace and starts delivering. Um, so I'll give it an eight out of 10. And, uh, you know, my Wombrats are just out flying and enjoying the space battle. Cause that's what I would be doing. Excellent. Tom, that works. I like the episode and I'm going to give it a 7.5. Um, I, you know what? It's, it's, I think I've said enough throughout the episode, uh, that, it was a good episode. I still enjoy the the designs of the people, the the Aotians on the planet. Really enjoyed that. My seven point five Womp Rats. Um, you know what? After the Colossus left, those seven point five Womp Rats were in charge of actually trying to rebuild secretly the Rebel base on the planet, just in case if later it's to be used. So they have a purpose this time instead of just being fish food forward thinking yep why not you know at some point the resistance may need or whatever happens later somebody's going to need to use that base and they're going to be there to get it all spruced up ready for somebody to come back true cool. william uh you know i thought this was a uh a, a great episode again i, I like the fact that it was uh, you know, as you said steven a lot of it was set in space uh, the space battles are cool uh the dynamic between tam and Kaz is fantastic, uh, and I, I, I can't wait to see how they pay that off. Um, and yeah, just some fun, uh, some fun action overall. Uh, this also, this episode also had one of the biggest casts probably of the entire series. If you look in the credits, it's just massively long compared to your average episode, with twenty three characters and twenty one actors uh, and actresses. So um, yeah, it's huge, huge cast. Uh, it's kind of fun to see everyone together. We're not even in the series finale yet, but they're they're certainly uh, heading toward the conclusion. I feel like they could be going a little bit faster toward the con- toward the end of the series. I feel like there's they're still kind of missing something. You know, it, you could tell it's heading toward a conclusion, but it seems a little more subdued than it did at this point last year in season one or or in other seasons. Yeah. Um, 
But that being said, it was still uh, an enjoyable episode. And I'm going to give it 7.75 Womp Rats out of 10. And, you know, the, the probe droid is uh, is basically like the Swiss Army knife of probes. Uh, this 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 big probe droid. And it, it also has the ability to shoot out Womp Rats for ground <laughs> um, <laughs> ground reconnaissance. So my 7.75 Womp Rats are going to go do that. 7.75 because, well, it, 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 the... the mechanism for shooting out the womp rats isn't always perfect and sometimes they get a little stuck so some thought for a minute there it had a problem you know coming in on re-entry <laughs> exactly exactly yeah just 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 got burned a little bit just a bit just a bit yeah but yeah i uh think that's it for this episode uh we're just two episodes away or one and a two-parter technically uh away from the uh the series finale of star Wars resistance. Uh, next week we have re- episode 17 of season two rebuilding the resistance. And in this episode, Vanessa Doza, she's back asks for help from Doza and the aces resistance recruits need an escort getting off Dan Unfortunately, Tam is assigned to destroy the recruits. Mm, Dan That sounds familiar. Very nice. Yeah, sounds sounds pretty cool. It's the penultimate episode of the series, um, so don't miss it. We will be back uh, in a couple days with our review, but in the meantime, uh, you can go back and catch up on Resistance and eagerly await the return of the Clone Wars. But uh, yeah, two episodes left. <sighs> Cannot wait. Cannot wait for the Clone Wars episodes. Oh yeah, left. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with our review of. Rebuilding the Resistance. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.